Hi everybody, this is Matt Kirby, and welcome to a brand new episode of Group in Harmony, the podcast where I talk all about music. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that I was a little bit late to the party on, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They released their nominees quite a while ago, but they haven't announced their inductees yet, so I figure I'm still good to talk about this. So the way I'm, the way it's going to work with this one is I'm going to talk a little bit about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm like, I'll talk about how it works for getting in the nomination process and getting inducted. The, I'll talk about the eligibility requirements as well as some controversies with it in the over the years. Since there's there's been a bunch, but I'll more focus on why the nomination process is a little bit controversial. Then I'll go through I'll go through the list of nominees for this year. I'll talk a little bit about each one, like some things that they're most famous for, the impact they've had. I'm not going to talk about my take on them because I or for this part because that will just take too long. Then where I will talk about that will be who I would vote for if I had such a vote. Uh, for better or worse, some days probably better. I don't. But I'll talk about who I would vote for with this one, which is where I will give more of my takes with it. And then I'll also talk about who I think will actually get in. Because, well, a couple of the artists do overlap for both those lists. There are ones that don't. So, first off, again, I'll talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, as formed in the first class was inducted in 1986. It, like most Hall of Fames, it was the museum to honor the subject and the individuals in the subject kind of thing. In this case, it's rock music. So it's a museum all about rock music, and all the inductees are, in theory, rock artists, but they've also expanded to other genres. Like, they do have several pop artists in there. They do have some rappers in there also. They do have some that are a bit surprising that... For, that they were considered rock artists, like they did put in Miles Davis, who I've always considered more of a jazz artist in there, but beside the point. So, in order to be eligible, an artist has to have had a release at least 25 years before that year. So, for the 2020 class, since they start the induction process in 2019, it has to be 25 years before 2019. So, Everyone that is eligible to be nominated has to have had a release no later than 1994. And now this is their first release also. So if, so like for instance, a lot of these artists had releases after 1994, but for each of them, their first release came no earlier than 1994, or no later than 1994. Typically... There, so the way it works with nominating is that they nominate a certain number of acts they, through this nominating committee, which this, this nominating committee has had some controversy, which we'll get to in a minute. So typically it's around 15 acts, and it's almost always between 12 and 18. Occasionally it'll get up to 19 and 20. So sometimes it's a little less than 15. Usually it's more than 15, though. And then the inductees are chosen by vote, by separate voters. It's 
you have musicians, producers, some music managers probably, uh, music critics, and other people that are involved in the music industry. So, in theory, five artists are inducted each year. I say in theory because sometimes they put in more. Now, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been unpopular or controversial over the years for different reasons. First off, you have the people that are like, oh, you can't limit rock and roll music into a museum. I think... I mean, I'm clearly... I clearly disagree with that since they've done it with all sorts of sports. Um, additionally, since 1986, by inducting five each year... That's a lot of artists that have gotten into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's growing so fast as to the point that they're looking into building a second Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Which is a lot. Now, and then, additionally, the way that the nominations is done have come under some fire. Because for years, it was the founder of it, his wife, and some other people in the room who would choose often their... their their uh, artists of their musical tastes, and typically they would ignore other genres. So, for instance, there are very few metal artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The only ones I can think of that are, I would truly consider metal, then uh, are Black Sabbath and Metallica. And Metallica did have crossover success in the '90s, and Black Sabbath, well, they, they're. they're Probably the most important band in metal music. And then additionally, punk music hasn't had that much success in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, then also progressive rock hasn't either. And especially in recent years, there haven't been that many progressive rock groups. And then the way that they do the voting, they're also not at all transparent about the voting results. So when they do induct more than five artists, which they do sometimes, they'll usually do, like, occasionally they'll do six or seven. Um, usually if they do induct more than five, it is six. And when that happens, it appears that w at least one act that has been nominated several times ends up getting in, which makes people wonder, do they force someone in that they thought would be good for money, or did they force someone in that the nominating committee re really wanted in kind of thing? And there actually was a big controversy back in, I think, 2007. It was either 2006 or 2007. Because there were controversies in both those years. I think it was 2007. Since I think 2006 there was controversy because Van the Six Pestles uh, refused to show up to the induction and, uh, sent, in, uh, and sent in a many... And just sent in uh, all a letter say, saying how terrible the museum was and calling it a piss stain and all these other things. But the 2007, they in when there were two artists, it was really close between two artists. They inducted one of them, but it was revealed afterwards that the uh, that the artist they chose actually finished sixth in the voting, and they chose that artist because they thought it would be more of a draw over the artist that actually came in fifth. So, they're, so yeah, they're not transparent about it at all, and that has certainly been controversial over the years. And especially over the, the year, the 
last decade or so, they've been nominating largely the same the same acts or similar acts. So that's also come under some fire over the years, which means that a lot of times you get similar sounding nominee uh, inductees. So anyways, without further ado, I'm just going to read off the list of nominees for this year. There were 16 and admittedly I always predict the nominees. Usually I do pretty well. I get like between 8 and 10, sometimes a little bit more. And then the ones that are that do get in that are were real that the ones I do that do get nominated that I didn't predict usually I was just totally off with them. This year I did horribly with my predictions, which has seemed to be a theme recently with my predictions with music, which is a really good sign for me clearly. Um, out of the sixteen artists, because I didn't know they don't announce how many nominees they're going to have before they announce the nominees. So I just ranked a bunch of artists, and ultimately I looked at my top 16 artists and, out of, and had those in my 16 predictions, and ultimately I got two right. One of them I thought was a no-brainer, and one of them's nominated uh, almost every decade, or almost every year in the past decade. So the nominees for this year were Pat Benatar, Dave Matthews Band, Depeche Mode, The Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Judas Priest, Kraftwerk, MC5, Motorhead, Nine Inch Nails, Notorious Big, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, Todd Rundgren, Soundgarden, T-Rex, and Thin Lizzy. I'll be honest, I think this is kind of an underrated class, since while it, a lot of these artists have been previously nominated over the last few years, I think they do have some good selections. Um, honestly, the only two that I predicted right were Notorious Big, this is his first year of eligibility, and I thought it was a no-brainer for him to be nominated. And then Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. I also predicted them because they've gotten nominated, I think it's six times in the last decade. So I thought that would just be a no-brainer. Um, even though, admittedly, my predictions weren't as bad as I thought as they could have been. Or as they sound. Because, for instance, I predicted that there would be two metal bands nominated. And there were. Judas Priest and Motorhead were. However, I predicted that it would be Motley Crue and Megadeth. Also, I predicted that one punk band would be nominated. Admittedly, I thought they'd go the more hardcore punk direction, so I predicted Black Flag. I think I chose them a little biased because I'm a big because I love Black Flag. Ultimately, they went with MC5, which I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I was con highly considering them too. Um, I thought they'd go with like some artists that did have a lot of popular success when they did. Uh, they did, like, Pat Benatar and, uh, Doobie Brothers were kind of, like, not necessarily pop rock, but, like, did have popular success. I didn't predict them. I thought that it, I had predicted, uh, um, Boston and Foreigner instead. And then, uh, I feel, I feel like an idiot for this one. I didn't predict Whitney Houston. I came really close to predicting her, though. I thought they would nominate one female artist who was kind of like in the R&B, pop, soul, gospel kind of setting that had immense popularity with that. And I was torn between whether they would nominate Whitney Houston or Diana Ross. I predicted Diana Ross ultimately. And now, in retrospect, after they announced the nominees, I'm like, well, Whitney Houston was a more obvious 
choice. Excuse me. More obvious choice because Diana Ross uh, was inducted with the Supremes. And while she wasn't inducted for her solo career, a lot of times you'll hear, like for instance, and instead of just saying Diana Ross and the Supremes as separate entities, you'll hear them as Diana Ross and the Supremes. So I think a lot of people might try to link those, might link those together. So, yeah, I, so now in retrospect with that, I was like, yeah, Whitney Houston made a lot more sense for prediction. But, I mean, overall, I I'll get to why I think this in a second. I do think it's an underrated class. So now, I'm going to go through each of these artists and talk a little bit about them. They're, I'll talk about like some of their more famous stuff and then also what kind of legacy they have and the cases that they have. So, Pat Benatar, um, she had hits in both like more of a hard rock kind of sound with like Hit Me With Your Best Shot and Heartbreak Her early on. But then she also had like more uh, hits with like more of pop rock sounding hits and like soft rock even like with like uh, love is a battlefield and we belong so i think that well she certainly wasn't like the first person you might think of for a solo hard rock artist and certainly not the first one like i mean because you do have allison change and meatloaf for instance before her that had a lot more success and then even ozzy osbourne also around the same time who had more success. However, she really was one of the first solo hard rock, female solo hard rock artists that had a lot of commercial success. Like, Joan Jett, while Joan Jett has started with The Runaways, Joan Jett came after her. And Joan Jett is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so that might be a, that might be a good sign for Beth Benatar. Next up, we'll talk about Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band was a, was a group that this is their first year of eligibility. I did not expect them to be nominated. And that's not a knock against them because I think I think that 100% they're this is a good choice for a nomination. I just didn't think that I how so I thought there were 208 artists that had at least a chance of getting nominated. I had them as the 204th most likely artist to be nominated. Again, that's not a knock because I think other artists that I think that I think are deserving, I had below them. Like I had Tool at I think two hundred fifth or two hundred sixth. I had Misfits at two hundred eighth. I think both of those deserve to be in. So, well, Dave Matthews Band they certainly did have a lot of popular albums and songs. Some of their albums include uh, Under the Table and Dreaming, Crash, Before These Crowded Streets, and Buses Stuff. And then some of their songs include. What would you say? Where are you going? Ants marching, crash into me, satellite. They had well, probably their most known for their live performances, because similar to Grateful Dead and Fish, they have they do have fans that will go all over the all go all over the place to see them, and will be willing to see them several several times, and also similar to uh similar to Fish. I think that they were really crucial in helping po uh, popularize jam rock again in the 90s. After after uh, Grateful Dead had had a large amount of popularity with it over the years, I think that Dave Matthews Band really just, along with Fish, really had a huge impact on it in the 90s and then into the 2000s. And they're still going strong touring and selling out crowds and shows. So, so it... 
I, it always surprises me to think that now they're eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Next up, we're going to go with uh, one that I've started getting to a little bit recently, and that's Depeche Mode. So they're like more of a synth-pop electronic group, and in the U.S., they're probably most known for their songs Personal Jesus and Enjoy the Silence, and then their album Violator. However, they've had some other hits that weren't necessarily as big in the U.S., but they had massive hits in the U.K. So, like, their most popular albums are probably Music for the Masses, Songs of Faith and Devotion, and Black Celebration, all of which also got uh, very good reviews from critics. And then some of their most popular songs, including the U.K., include Policy of Truth, People Are People, I Feel You, It's No Good, Strange Love, and Met. The list just keeps on going on, honestly. Like, between... Like, they started in 1980. And basically, from their early releases in around that time, for years, it was like, even into the 2000s, it was a surprise if you looked at... If you looked at their singles, looked at how they charted in the UK, and didn't see... And saw a song that wasn't a top 20 or top 30 hit in the UK. And... all their albums would have multiple ones, so they they were a mass they were massively successful charting wise in the UK especially. But then also they were really influential on electronic and alternative music in the especially in the eighties, since the eighties really did have a bunch of alternative artists that started use that started going like a more synth pop kind of direction. So I think that Depeche Mode was was one of the essential groups. In forming that, in forming that shift. Next up is the Doobie Brothers. This is an interesting nomination, in my opinion, since you. I mean, they're not a group that, like, I would necessarily say they were extremely influential in rock music kind of thing, but they did have some songs and albums that were big hits, such as Blackwater, What a Fool Believes, China Grows, Real Love, and The Doctor. And then, also, they had albums The Captain and Me, Minute by Minute, and Taking It to the Streets. But I think one thing that they did that was interesting, since they were they were active in, like, uh, the 70s, and then early 80s, and then broke up, and then got back together in the later 80s. But in their problem, like, the 70s and 80s, they were really good at combining their harmonies. Like, I think just Blackwater alone is a great example of how good they were with their harmonies, which I think was, which, while they weren't necessarily the first to do that in soft rock, since, uh, I know right off the bat, I think, Simon and Garfunkel before them in the 60s, but still, the Doobie Brothers were great at it in an era where, like, for instance, you had a lot of other groups that did it. Like, while they were a little bit after the Mamas and Papas, for instance, they did have, like, the Carpenters, for instance, at around the same time, like, the Dewey Brothers were up there in the way they were able to mix their soft rock harmonies. Next up is Whitney Houston. She's probably one of the bigger names on this list. Um, so, she is well known for a lot of her songs. Her most known one at this point is probably I Will Always Love You, um, from the Bodyguard soundtrack. But she also had a lot of other massive hits. I'm going to name a few of their bigger ones at this point, uh, which are The Greatest Love of All, I Want to Dance with Somebody, How Will I Know, 
saving all my love for you, exhale, I'm every woman, so emotional, and a lot more. I Realistically, I could do a podcast just reading off her popular, the songs that she had that had a commercial success. I'm not going to do that because that would probably be the most dreadfully boring podcast ever, just read me reading. And she also had, like, albums that were successful, including Whitney, Whitney Houston, and the Bodyguard soundtrack. But another thing that she did that I thought was really interesting was that looking at was really just the impact that she had with MTV. So, in the early days of MTV, MTV was predominantly white artists. That largely changed when Michael Jackson showed up and he and he absolutely exploded on the charts and was he was on MTV all the time and that led the way for black men to be on there. However, it was really Whitney Houston that led the way for breaking the barrier for black women. And I think that really she I mean with her like she really played a big part in like for instance a way that would help make it successful for like artists like ja Janet Jackson, Destiny's Child, Beyonce, TLC, like all these artists that did ha that were made up of black women. And that's not a knock against any of them. Like all those are fantastic artists. That's really just a way of showing the impact that Whitney Houston had in the in terms of really just being able to perform on MTV and thriving on MTV. Now we'll shift over to the first metal band on this list, and that's Judas Priest. So, their most known songs are probably, you've got another thing coming, Living After Midnight, Breaking the Law, Pain Break, or Pain Killer, A Touch of Evil, and some others. Um, most popular albums are the Screaming for Vengeance, British Deal, what was known in uh, everywhere outside the U.S. as Killing Machine, but due to school shooting was known as Hellbent for Leather in the U.S. Painkiller and Sad Wings of Destiny. So they were have they were heavily influential on rock and hard rock. Like they, um, like they, uh, um, I don't know if they were necessarily the first metal band to do like a leather jacket style kind of thing, but. I mean, for me, that's the... And I'm trying to think of a... When I think of a metal group with leather jackets, that's the one that I think of first, honestly. And then also, they're probably one of the greatest metal bands of all time. Um, actually, definitely one of them. Uh, and then, like, you know, one site that I like looking at for these, which is Digital Dream Door, for, they have a list of greatest metal bands of all time. And they have Judas Priest ranked number four. And their top three are Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, and and Metallica. And, I mean, that point, they have Juice Priest ranked over a bunch of legendary metal bands like Megadeth, Slayer, um, Motorhead, some others, too, which I think that just shows the kind of impact that they have. And looking at that list, I, when I saw Juice Priest at number four, my thought was, yeah, that sounds fair. Like, I definitely had them in the top ten, I don't know where I'd rank them, but top five sounds fair for them. Now, this next one that we're going to look at is Kraftwerk. So they're an electronic and synth pop group. In the U.S., probably their most known song is and album is the song and album Autobahn. 
However, in Germany, they had a lot more success. So they also had, uh, and throughout Europe, they had Trans-Europe Express, Computer World, The Man Machine, and Radioactivity, which were all uh, acclaimed and popular albums, especially in Europe. And then their other songs that were popular were Trans-Europe Express, The Model, Computer Love, and The Robots. So Kraftwerk was really influential on electronic music. They're probably one of the best electronic artists of all time. Um, alternative music also, and then synth pop. So, kind of going back to what I said about Depeche Mode being important to 80s alternative with their synth pop, Kraftwerk really started doing this, were really popular doing this starting in the 70s. So, so I think that really that, I don't know what 80s alternative would have sounded like with, without Kraftwerk. I don't know what synth if if synth pop would have been a thing without Kraftwerk also. It might have been, but I don't know if it would have sounded the way it did. And also, what's interesting about this one is that a lot of early electronic artists were more uh, were also classical composers. So a lot of these artists were more of a class or more uh, for closer classical music than than rock music. I think this is, like, if I were to say any artist that I would say, like, yeah, this is the first one I would consider more rock instead of classical, it, Kraftwerk might be one of the first ones. So, next up is where I get to really nerd out, since I love punk music, MC5. They're really, they were an early proto-punk band, um, while they didn't have any major hits, necessarily, they're... They had two albums that were well-known, and those are Kick Out the Jams and Back in the USA. And they had one well-known song, which is Kick Out the Jams. Now, even... And they, were, they weren't around for that long. They had their first release in 1966, and their final release in 1971. And they've had, they had a reunion in the 90s, and another one that was a longer-lived one from 2003 to 2012. So, I think... I think that still, MC5, they were influential on hard rock, but I think they were even more influential on punk music. So, if we look at some artists that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now, and those are, uh, including the punk artists. So, currently the punk artists in are The Clash, The Sex Pistols, The Ramones, The Stooges, and Green Day. Now, Green Day came after all of these ones, so I'll only focus on the first four I mentioned. Now, I don't know, like, if, for instance, I don't know what The Clash, The Sex Pistols, or The Ramones would have sounded like without The Stooges. And I don't know what The Stooges would have even sounded like without MC5. And I know The Stooges weren't... The Stooges' first release wasn't that long after MC5's first release. But still, I think... MC5 was they had a they had a b decent a big pretty big following even before their or not big following but like a big enough following when they released their first album that their first album was a live album. So I think that just the influence that they had on punk music and the energy that they brought to to their live performances that helped shape punk music in that way, I think that makes them a worthy candidate. Now we're gonna go over to the other metal band, which is Motorhead. So, they're 
most well-known albums are Ace of Spades, Overkill, and Bad Magic. And the most well-known songs are Ace of Spades, Motorhead, Iron Fist, Overkill, and Bomber. They're... They were a band that, like, really was influential in metal, and speed metal in particular. Um, they had a surprising amount of success, both overseas and then also in the U.S. So I think that it's cool to see them nominated, especially since, while they had a, most of their success in, like, in the 80s in particular, and then late 70s a little bit, early 90s a little bit, and they had renewed success from, like, 2008 until the band stopped after... Uh, death of their singer. So, I think that, but still, I think that they're in. They, they were really influential in hard rock, metal, speed metal, and they had a surprising amount of commercial success for a metal band. So, I think that's probably why that it it makes sense for their nomination. Next up is another band that I love, Nine Inch Nails. So. They so they were an industrial artist, and while industrial music didn't ne hasn't necessarily had a lot of popular success, it did still sprout about like a uh, Rob Zombie and to a lesser extent, uh, White Zombie, and then also Marilyn Manson. So, I now their most popular albums are Downward Spiral, Pretty Hate Machine, which is my favorite album by them, and The Fragile. And while their most well-known songs are Closer and Hurt, even though Hurt is probably more known for Johnny Cash's cover of it, they also did have Head Like a Hole, which is my favorite song by them, The Day the World Went Away, The Hand That Feeds, and Every Day is Exactly the Same. And they, I think they were, they were really important in alternative music, especially, like, for instance, Downward Spiral and The Fragile were both really big in the 90s when alternative music was at its uh, prime in popularity. And I think, and while uh, early on, like, grunge was really popular early on, I think that they gave it an interesting alternative, no pun intended, uh, twist on alternative music in an industrial way, which did include more, like, electronic influences kind of thing. So, next up is Notorious Big, the other first-year nominee outside of Dave Matthews Band, which I think was kind of an obvious choice for a nomination. So, he had two albums, Ready to Die and Life After Death, and those two albums are not only two of the best albums in rap music of all time, but also might be arguably two of the best albums in music of all time. And then, all of his most popular songs... They had immense popularity, like Hypnotize, Big Papa, More Money, More Problems, Juicy, and One More Chance. And I mean, even to this day, he is considered one of the greatest rappers of all time, greatest hip-hop artists of all time, one of the more popular rap artists of all time. So, yeah, I think that it makes sense that he's nominated. <laughs> Next up is Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. This is one that I believe that the nominating committee really wants in, considering they keep getting nominated. Now, they, they're probably the most well-known album was Rufusized, and they had some songs that were popular, like Tell Me Something Good, Sweet Thing, Do You Love What You Feel, Ain't Nobody, and, I mean, they, 
they did help a little bit with popularizing funk. I just, I just don't know if, like, necessarily was, like, if they did enough with it. And they did dabble in disco some, but Shaka Khan did more with her solo crew with that. And I think that the way that they, often, for a while they were known more as Rufus, sometimes Rufus and Shaka Khan. I think the reason that they included Shaka Khan in there was because, I mean, she's probably more well-known than Rufus. So I think that they're probably thinking that only helps. And now, here's the surprise nominee of the year, Todd Rundgren. Now, every year, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has one that I just, I look at and a lot of people look at, and it's like, oh, I never would have predicted that. Um, which is tough to predict, obviously. And I intentionally try to predict one that a lot of people might do that. I predicted Grant Parsons would be that one. Um, like a more alt early alt country and then southern con southern rock, country rock kind of sound. It said they went with Ton Rundgren. So Ton Rundgren had uh, the album Something Anything, which was even still like a uh, highly regarded rock album. And had some songs that were popular, like I Saw the Light, Hello It's Me, We Gotta Get You a Woman, and Can We Still Be, Th Can we still be Friends. Um, and, well, he probably is most known for Something Anything. Something else that he's well known for is the amount of genres he did work in. And how eccentric the combination of genres were. While many of his albums might be considered pop rock, he also did dabble with progressive music, art pop, experimental, power pop, and, in, especially with some of his more recent albums, Electronic. Next up is another artist that I like, Soundgarden. So, their most well-known albums are probably Super Unknown and Bad Motorfinger, even though they had some other ones that are bigger. Um, and then, while their most popular song is probably Black Hole Sun, they also had some other songs that are bigger and alternative, like Spoonman, Jesus Christ Pose, which is probably my favorite one by them, Burden in My Hand, Pretty Noose, and Fell on Black Days. So, while they were like influential in metal music, and they did have a lot of popularity in alternative music, again, in the popular prime of alternative music, they were one of the big, probably one of the big three bands in grunge music. While you could make arguments that there were, there might have been more than three, I would say the three that I would group in there are obviously Nirvana, Pearl Jam's early stuff, and then Soundgarden. And just saying, Pearl Jam and Nirvana uh, have both been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So maybe that bodes well for Soundgarden. Of course, they do they have the same kind of name recognition as them, is what we do have to wonder. Now, the last two groups here... Are groups that if this was in if this was in Europe, especially in the UK, these would probably get in. Especially this next one, T Rex. They were an early glam group, and while their most well known song in the U.S. is "Get It On," which is really their their major song in the U.S. that had a ton of commercial success in the U.S., they also had a lot of other songs that had success in in the U.K. Um, including Ride a White Swan, Hot Love, and Telegram Sam. And then they had the albums that were successful, uh, Electric Warrior, and the, Sli and the Slider, and some others. Now, 
they were they influenced a lot of genres. So they were really one of the early artists of uh, for glam music. And now, in particular, they were also affiliated with David Bowie at times, which probably helps their cause. They were also really influential on punk music, uh, alternative music, indie and indie music. So, while like for instance those. The, a lot of those genres didn't necess don't necessarily have a lot of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame success at this time. Maybe Alternative will, if we give us a few more years. But, still, they still did have a big impact on rock music. And last but not least is Thin Lizzy. So, they're, they were a hard rock art artist that's probably most well known for Boys Are Back in Town. They also had the songs Whiskey in the Jar, Jailbreak, and The Rocker, which all, all had at least some popularity. And then prob probably their most well-known albums are Jailbreak, Bad Reputation, and Fighting. So while they were inf uh, influential to an extent for hard rock and metal, probably their biggest contribution to rock music was the fact that they had two guitarists. Which, at that point, wasn't commonplace. Now, especially in hard rock and metal music, that does tend to be commonplace. Well, having one as the lead guitarist, one as the rhythm guitarist. And they were... they I don't know if they were necessarily the first one that did it. But they were one of the early groups that did this and really helped popularize it after they became popular in the 70s. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about who I would vote for. I know I said I wouldn't talk about what I thought about the artist. Okay, occasionally I'll let that sneak in there. I'm going to focus more on that in this part now. So, if I had a vote, my first vote would be Notorious Big. I think that just he had a massive influence on rap music, massive influence on pop music, even some, some influence on, like, some rock music. And, I mean, I would consider him one of the best artists of all time. Definitely in the top 100, probably top 50 also. Probably top 50 also. So, I think that he's, he would be my first choice. The next one, I'm a little bit biased again because of punk music, but MC5, I think just the influence they had in not only punk music, but also hard rock. And then really because punk music was influential on alternative music to an extent, so they did have uh, influence on alternative music to a certain extent. So I would vote for them as well. Next, next artist I would vote for was Whitney Houston. I think that the combination of amount of popular success that she had coupled with the influence that she had, really makes her a lock. And, I mean, I've I've always thought that she's, like, long overdue to be inducted. So I'm glad that she's nominated, she was nominated this year. And I think that, and I think that without a doubt, she should get in. So I think, so I definitely think a metal group should get in. Due to the number of artists I think deserve to get in, I... I'm only going to choose one. So, between Jewish Priest and Motorhead, I would choose Jewish Priest. I think that if you look at the list of... All, both of them were heavily influential, but I think if you if I were to rank the all-time greatest metal artists, I'd probably rank Jewish Priest above them, so I'd put them in before that. And now, much to my dismay of leaving Nine Inch Nails out on this one, I am going to leave them out. They're, and instead, in my as for my fifth vote... I would do Kraftwerk. The reason I would is just the influence that they had on rock music in the 
in the 80s in particular. And I really think that, like, well, I, I think that, like, they just had such a massive impact on electronic music, alternative music, synth pop, and then also indirectly indie music. So I think that, since I really think that they really helped shape the way for all those forms of music, and then even pop rock to a lesser extent. So I would choose them as my fifth act. Um, as much as I would want to put in Nine Inch Nails, again, that's me being a little bit biased. But also I do think that they had a big impact on alternative music, and especially incorporating, like, incorporating, uh, like, more of a le an electronic kind of sound into alternative music, which now sounds more normal, but at the time, well, you did have, like, for instance, some electronic groups doing it that did sound kind of rock, or, like, you know, synth art artists, you didn't have, like, a group like Nine Inch Nails that was more dissonant doing it. And then Motorhead, again, I think they're deserving. I just think that I would have them, if I had seven votes, they'd be in. Um, Soundgarden, I think, is another act that pains me not to include them, but I just think there are some others this year that I'd put in over them. I think that they're deserving and that I would put them in uh, in another year for sure. Same thing with T-Rex. Most years, with the impact they had, I would put them in. I just think that I'll put other bands in over them because of their lack of commercial success in the U.S. And also, their, uh, they weren't around that long. Um, Depeche Mode is also... The, it, I think other acts this year just have more had more of an influence than them. And I think it, if they had more of an influence in the U.S., I would put them in, but not, not this year. Doobie Brothers are an interesting nomination and a, a worthy nomination... For, I know a lot of people will vote more based on their commercial success. I tend to vote more on their influence in rock music. So that's why I wouldn't put the Doobie Brothers in. Same thing goes with Pep Benatar. Even though I find it hard because Joan Jett is in. And I would have put Pep Benatar in before Joan Jett. Because Pat, because I mean Pat Benatar came first and also had more success with original songs than Joan Jett did. Since Joan Jett's biggest song... I love our rock and roll is actually a cover song. I still don't know that I would put her in at this time. Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. I I'm not totally sold on them. They did have a little some influence, but I'm just not as sold on them. Same thing with Thin Lizzy. I mean, Thin Lizzy. I mean, they were influential in some ways, but I just don't know if they had enough influence for me to necessarily back up the fact that they didn't have a ton of commercial success in the U.S. Dave Matthews Band, I wouldn't put in this, I wouldn't vote for this year, and that's not a knock against, against Dave Matthews Band, it's more so just, I don't think that, if there were two nominees for their class, for, that were, for, that were going to be nominated for their, in their first year of eligibility, I wouldn't have chosen Dave Matthews Band as them, because, I mean, both Weezer and Oasis were eligible this year, um, i I would be more comfortable putting in Dave Matthews' band after Oasis gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I wouldn't necessarily say they have to get in; they have to wait until Weezer gets in, but definitely Oasis. And Todd Rundgren, I don't think he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Honestly, he really had one decade of popularity, and but has been creating music since 
probably the mid-late 60s, and in the 70s, he was popular, but I mean, really at this point, again, most of what I was talking about was, with him, was Something Anything, and then his eccentric combination of music variety. I don't think that's enough to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about here is who I think will get in. Of course, this is subject to change. I think this is my prediction for this is less likely to change than who I would choose to get in. So, I think there's one lock to get in. And I think that is Notorious Big. Since I think he makes so much sense to get in with the influence and popularity that he had. And also, a few years ago when Tupac was eligible, Tupac got in his first year of eligibility. I think that... I think that that will help. I think that that helps, especially since their careers are so intertwined at this point. Now, I think that there are ten other acts that are possible. Some more than others. So I think that uh, the next, the first act that is possible but not necessarily a lock is Nine Inch Nails. And a few years ago, I might have said probably not because Trent Reznor was talking, at, saying bad things about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they have a tendency of not inducting people who badmouth the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For obvious reasons. Which is, I think, a big reason Iron Maiden isn't in. But, anyways, in recent years, he's played more nice. And, in particular, he... He actually induct... Uh, he was actually the... Since they have someone, quote-unquote, inducting an inductee, which is just them introducing them, he introduced The Cure when The Cure was inducted. So, as a result, I think that now... That's why he got the. That's why Nine Inch Nails got nominated, and I think that they're gonna get in because he's playing nice now, and they really deserve to. Uh, the next one I think is, uh, next one I think will get in is Whitney Houston. Main reason I think she'll get in is because Janet Jackson got in before her, and now that Janet Jackson's already in, and since I think Whitney Houston, as I mentioned before, she really made it so black women could thrive on MTV. So, and I think that if Jan since Janet Jackson got in, I think that Whitney Houston makes so much sense to get in as well. And I think that it, honestly, if Whitney Houston hadn't passed away in in 2012, since they usually wait a, few, wait a certain time period before that, so people aren't voting based on emotions... I think that if she hadn't passed away when she did, they would have nominated her earlier. I'm just surprised they waited until now to nominate her. I think the next star that will be inducted is MC5. And that's not... This one is not me being biased and being a punk fan. This one is because... While they don't have many punk bands inducted, they do spread them out in a way that after every few years or so, they'll induct one more. So, it's been a few years since Green Day, who was the last one inducted, was inducted. And, I mean, now this would make them, like, Green Day, if MC5 was inducted this year, it would make them sm Green Day smack dab in the middle between 
the Stooges and MC5 between timing-wise, about five years. And then it was about five years before that that the Sex Pistols were inducted. So, a little bit yet less than that, but yeah, I'd say it's time. And now, for the fifth act, the fifth act that I think will be inducted is Todd Rundgren. Now, I did mention that every year that there was a surprise nominee. I think the and surprise nominee, in my opinion, is Todd Rundgren. I also said that I don't think Todd Rundgren should get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. However, multiple times in recent years, the surprise nominee ended up getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The most notable example, Laura Nairo. There was also Joan Baez, who, well, well, uh, in my opinion, very worthy. Still a little bit of a surprise. And then also uh, Darlene Love. So, all three of those got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I, so I think that Todd Rundgren would be the next in line for that. And also, Todd Rundgren... Todd Rundgren was influential in a bunch of different areas for music. He was in multiple bands that were influential, um, including Utopia. Uh, he did a bunch of producing, did some songwriting. That was big. I just think that his solo career is probably not the way we should be looking at for him as a being inducted as a performer. But I think that that will be how the Rock and, the rock and Roll Hall of Fame will just induct him that way anyways. And now, I said occasionally they induct a sixth act. I think they're going to do that this year, and I think they're going to induct Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. While they will not specify that Rufus featuring Shaka Khan did not actually uh, get uh, did not actually get enough votes to get in, they will advertise it like they did, and they'll just say, "Oh," and then they'll just say six X six X ended up are going to be inducted. I think that eventually the nominating committee will just convince that uh, convince decide that hey. We want Rufus featuring Shaka Khan in. It's obvious. Let's not, let's not just put the, let's not put the charade of nominating them every year, on any further. Let's just induct them now. So I think that's how they'll do it, and I think that, and I think they'll go with this class. And also this class, I think will get them a decent amount because also often you'll see the classes, will get a decent. Well, they'll look. They, it seems like they're looking at who will get them a decent amount of money. Between Notorious Big, Nine Inch Nails, and Whitney Houston, thus, that's three massive names. And then MC5, Todd Rundgren, and Rufus featuring Shaka Khan are different genre-wise enough that I think that it would be tempting enough to induct them that way. And I think Soundgarden will just miss getting in, um, and they'll be nominated next year and potentially get in next year. Motorhead will also come fairly close, but I think that they will get... They will get killed because voters will be split between Motorhead and Judas Priest. I think the Duber, the Doobie Brothers will get a few, will get more votes than Judas Priest, but I don't think I think there'll be enough people that might think that other artists had more influence and more popularity than them that are on the that are eligible this year. And I think Kraftwerk is the other one that's possible. If this was Europe, they, Kraftwerk would be in by now already. I just don't see them getting in as it's uh, set in the U.S. I don't think Pat Benatar is very likely. Uh, the reason is because while while I would put her in before Joan Jett, I think a lot of people would not because 
she doesn't necessarily have like I think the best way of putting it is when a lot of times when you think Joan Jett, you might think the song I Love Rock and Roll. That's yeah, that's like the rock song kind of thing. When you think Pat Benatar, you might think there's a few songs you could think. You might think Heartbreaker, you might think Kimmy with Best Shot. Neither of them necessarily like scream like big rock anthem. Kimmy with your best shot does to a lesser extent. And or you might think like one of their one of her uh more pop rock songs. I don't think that necessarily like screams like big rock name kind of thing though in the enough voters mind. So I don't think that she'll get in. I don't think Thin Lizzy will get in because I don't but I think they'll still get some votes. I think that if this was the UK, I think that both T-Rex and Depeche Mode would get in. I don't think any of them will get in this will get in this year though just because um they don't have the popularity in the US. And I think Dave Matthews Band is the least likely to get in. The reason, however, I am. I feel like I'll be eating my words eventually, though, because I also thought they would be highly unlikely to get nominated. But I think that they won't get in because I think there will be enough people that, first off, might not want to vote for Jamrock because the Grateful Dead is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that's really the only Jamrock band in. There were other, there were other artists that were, that did jam a lot in concerts, but the, and there are some artists that were psychedelic rock that were in, but I would consider Grateful Dead to be the main jam rock group in. So that works against them, and then also Fish has never received a nomination. So I think that there will be enough people that might say, well, if Fish hasn't gotten a nomination, why would or it hasn't gotten in? Why would we vote for Dave Matthews Band when Fish came first? my opinion, that's extremely unfair, but I think that's how it will go. So, anyways, that is certainly enough of me talking about this for today. Um, I'll keep an eye out for when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, inductees get announced. We'll see how, it, hopefully I'm closer with this one, because it's getting annoying with me being totally wrong with my predictions here. Um, but yeah, I'll keep you posted. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, especially if you've gotten through this point since I talked for a while with this. Um, if you have not liked my Facebook page, Groupie and Harmony, please make sure you do. I post on there whenever there's a new podcast on there. I post each of the links, or links to each of the sites that I'm using right now. And then I'll, so yeah, make sure you check that out. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Feel free to show these to any of your friends, family, anything like that. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I had a lot of fun talking about it, as by the fact that I kept rambling on about it. So, anyways, thanks again for listening. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye!